Welcome to Gemara Markings. Today's shiur is Yevomus Daf Lamed Vov. Don't forget to click on the Daf option in order to view a marked Daf Gemara for today's shiur. If you are not fully familiar with our Gemara marking system and wish to benefit from its great rewards, it is essential that you study all of the introductory material access by clicking on the Learn the System option provided on the sidebar of our home page. If you're already partially familiar, you will benefit by clicking on the brief formatted introduction that is available here. Being that our system is a visual approach to the Daf Gemara, it is recommended that you print out the marked Daf Gemara before the Shior. If you wish to be in touch with us, we can be reached at gmarkings at gmail.com. Today's Shior begins five lines from the bottom of Daf Lamed Vov. At the end of our previous shear, we saw Rava mentioning that there are three halachos that we will rule like Reish Lokish as opposed to Reb Yochanan. As opposed to the uh, rule of thumb that when you see a machlokis, Reb Yochanan and Reish Lokish, when you see a controversy between those two authorities, the halacha will follow Reb Yochanan. In three cases, we find to the contrary, we, that we will follow Reish Lokish. One of them was the topic of our previous shiur, Chalitzas Muberes. Reish Lokish holding Chalitzas Muberes Lo Shmo Chalitza. What are the other two halachas? So this is the opening of our shiur today. So we continue five lines from the bottom. Idoch, Idoch means the other one, the other halacha, Bisna. We have a Tanaic source, and this source involves a person dividing his estate amongst his children. Hamachalik nechosov alpiv. Someone is uh, saying how he wants his estate divided, as opposed to a situation where a person dies and his estate is divided automatically according to the rules of Yerusha, of inheritance. But here we have a, uh, an individual being proactive and, and saying how he wants his property to be divided. lohem es habachor Devorov Kayomen. The way he divides his property is, as we said, not following the rules or the method of distribution that would have been had he remained silent and the rules of Yerusha taking over, but rather he gives more to one, less to the other, and he has a firstborn, and the firstborn gets the same amount in his, according to his instructions as any of the other children. That's Hishvalem as opposed to the rules of Yerusha stating that a firstborn male gets a double portion. Here he is doing otherwise, equaling the Bechor to the others. And the Halacha recognizes this as being binding. His words stick. Uh, we emphasize again, uh, based on the Rashi, all of this he is dividing out in his lifetime, so that the rules of of Yerusha are not operative. Ve'im Omar, if he said, Mishum Yerusha, 
he said that I'm dividing my estate this way as inheritance, then loy omar klum. Then what he says is of no validity because he is operating in a way other than the Torah had in mind. The Torah in Yerusha states that all the children get equal portions and uh, if there's a Bechor he gets twice as much as any one given brother. The uh, phenomenon we just described is Masne Almashikosov Batori is trying to make a condition against that which the Torah says. So that when the Torah speaks about Yerusha, it is as we described, and he is dividing his estate differently. So if he adds the words Mishum Yerusha, so what he said would have no validity. Kosav, Bain Bethchila, Bain Besov, Bain Beemsa, Mishum Matona. Devorov Kayomin. If he mentions uh, that what he is doing is a gift, whether it's at the beginning of his uh, of his distribution, and Rashi says, Tinosein Sode Ploinis Leploni Viroshena. If he uses the word tinosein, which is the same root as the word matona. Matona is generally mean, t- taken to mean a gift. So if he says tinosein, even though he uses the word yerusha, the source tells us it will be effective. And be'emsa, Rashi gives an example of that as well. Yoresha v'tinosein lo v'yarsha. Notice again, you have the word Tinosein in the middle, sandwiched between the use of the word Yerusha at the beginning and the end. And likewise, if he says Yarsha, the Tinosein Lo, that would also be effective. We continue at the top of Omid Beis. The Omar Reish Lakish, we dashed on Reish Lakish so as to draw your attention to his name. He is the reason we're bringing this in to our Gemara. The the distribution <coughs> will not be effective when he's using the word Yerusha as part of the 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 uh, unequal type distribution. So it will not be effective. In order for us to understand what Reish Lakish is referring to, we must look at the Rashi. Rashi at the top, Reish Lakish is not referring to the Tanaic source that we saw at the bottom of Amun Aleph. There in Maseches Bava Basra, in the 8th parak, which is called Yesh Nochlim, there is a Tanaic and Amoraic controversy concerning the inference to be drawn from the source. The Chiyosa Rovin Omar, when Rovin came, he said, Yirash Ploni Sode Ploni Vitinosein Sode Ploni Leploni. If a person has several children and he says that Ploni, so-and-so, Yirash, will inherit this field, and the, another field will be given to so-and-so, to the other one. Rabbi Yochanan Kona, Afilu, Hai, Yerusha. The 
two children in this case will acquire what was uh, dis- what was uh, stated. Even the one concerning whom the word Yerusha was used. From the fact that in his uh, will he indicated the word Matona, Tinosein, with regard to one of the children, Kulunami Matona Ninu. The uh, concept of Matona applies to all of them. So that the mere mention of Matona, according to Rabbi Yochanan, in one instance, with regard to one of the children, even though the word Yerusha was used for the other, the distribution is effective. Rish Lokish Omar, Rashi goes on to say, the child concerning whom the word Yerusha was used, is not going to acquire the Amrinon Lahai Have Matano Lahai Yerusha. We take his words as was as was quoted above, as meaning that for this one it's Yerusha. And of course we're dealing with an an, uh, an unequal type distribution. So that is contrary to the terms of Yerusha. So he says that Yerusha to one and the other Matana that's not going to be the one to whom he uh, he uh, promised be Yerusha will not acquire So if you go back to the uh, language of the Gemara at the top line, let's read that again with this in mind. That we want to see the word matona applying to all parties. So we're going to read the line of the, the, the top line of the Gemara again at the end of the line. Ploni, Ploni, he mentions the two children. Yershu, Sada Plonis, Uplonis, Shinosat. Now, those uh, are different fields, they have different values. And he says that they should the, the two children should inherit this. Shinosatim Bohem Bematona Viroshum. And the word matona you see is sandwiched in between in the middle, so it has a, a, um, it's effective uh, in let's say in reflecting upon the term Yerusha that was used both at the beginning and the end. They're both affected by the Loshen Matona there in the middle. So, we continue with the third halacha that we would follow Reish Lokish. The second halacha, as courtesy of Rashi, we saw how there was a machlokis between Rabbi Yochan and Reish Lokish, and the Gemara will rule like Reish Lokish in that case. And the third halacha, Idoch Disnan. A father is assigning his property to his son using the expression that from today and after my death, these properties are yours. The Rashi adds that in a case like that, the father maintains rights to the fruits produced by the property, called Achilas Peros. So the father maintains usufruct. Ho'ov eno yochol limkor leben. After that, uh, let's say, that gift to the son, the father can no longer sell it to someone else. 
After all, he's given it to a son. The son cannot sell because they're in the father's possession. If the father would sell to some outsider, the sale would have validity until the father dies. If the son sells to an outsider, so then the outsider will not receive anything until the father dies. The Itmar. Mohar haben bechayehoav, umes haben bechayehoav. The son tried to make a move. He tried to sell it to some outsider while his father was still alive. The son, however, died during the lifetime of the father. Rabbi Yochanan Omar loy kono lokeach. According to Rabbi Yochanan, that outsider gets nothing even when the father dies. And we look at Rashi. Uh, we have a little star near the Rashi. Even when the father dies. In other words, the act, uh, the sale of the son was worthless. The Kenyan peros, the usufruit that the father had is tantamount to a Kenyan possession of the essence of the, the essential property itself. The Ein Mechiras Ben Mechira. The sale of the son is therefore a zero. Now, what about the Tanaic source above? In the case that a son did sell while his father was alive, the source said that the purchaser, the outsider, does not get anything of the property until the father dies. But when the father does die, of course the son outliving his father, there we say the outsider does get. Well, if you're going to tell me that Kenyan Peros of the fathers, Kenyan Aguf, why would the outsider get in such a case? So the, Gemara, the Rashi goes on, There, the father died during the lifetime of the son. Being that the, the father died during the lifetime of the son, that gave an opportunity for the Matona, uh, for the matona that the father gave to the son. After all, the father did assign the property to his son, uh, and the father had said misa. And as Rashi says, Uma What did the son sell when he sold it to that outsider? All options that will come to him. And, of course, the matona did come to him in the case that the father dies uh, leaving the, the, where the son survives. But where the son doesn't outlive his father, the father outlives the son, so there is no uh, no uh, option that came to the son to begin with.
So we now turn back to the Gemara. Rabbi Yochanan having said that where the son sold to an outsider while the father was alive and the son died during the lifetime of the father, the outsider gets nothing. Because the Kenyan peros that the father had, the use of fruit that the father had, was equal to a total possession. The son not having any possibility of selling it. For a shlokish omar, kono lokeach. Rishlokish says that the outsider will acquire. In other words, when that father eventually dies, the property will be transferred to the buyer and not to heirs of the father. Rabbi Yochanan Omar lo konolokeach, Kinyan peros, kikinyan aguf domi. Rabbi Yochanan, as we explained before, says that the outsider will not acquire even when the father eventually dies because the kinyan peros, the use of fruit that the father had, was kikinyan aguf, was equal to full possession of the property. And hence, the sale done by the son was a zero. Vershokeshamar konolokeach. The, the lokeach, the outsider, does acquire even uh, uh, at the point that the father who outlived his son dies, the outsider will get it. Kenyan peros, lavki kenyan aguf domi. The Kenyan peros that the father had is not as if he owned the essence of the property. The son having that option, having that uh, essence or core ownership of the property had the right, had the, had the power to sell. You can sell that which you own. Just to review the main point as far as why this was brought in here, this was a third example of where we would rule like Reish Lakish over Rabbi Yochanan. And namely in that case of Mohra ben Bechayav, Umesa ben Bechayav, the Lokeach, will get the property when the father eventually dies. Now we quote from the Mishnah, we're reading that which we wrote in between the lines. Actually, before we read that, let's take a look at our topic heading on the side, the no say. muberes. A person, uh, a, a surviving brother married the widowed sister-in-law, and it turns out she's pregnant. Bizman she'ein havlad shel kayoma. When it turns out that the child is, does not live. Machlikis tanoyim. Mishnosenu, our Mishnah held, yikayim, that the couple continues living. When the, it's true, he, he uh, was um, intimate with her. The Yovam was intimate with her in taking her in when she was pregnant. Turns out, though, that the child is a, a miscarriage, so they con- they continue together. Rebbe Lazar is quoted in another Tanaic source that the Gemara will feature, says, Yoitzi beget mishum knas, that they must part. Even though the deceased brother, it turns out, left no children, because the child died, nevertheless, they shall not continue living together, and we'll have to see why that is. So we turn to the Gemara. Uh, the Mishnah said, "Akinus is yifim to v'nimsis muberes," and it said, "Ein havlad shel kayoma yekayim." Tana. Now we have a Tanaic source that is different than the Mishnah. 
Mishum Rebelozer Amru in the name of Rebel Yezer, that it was said, Yoitzi Beget, to knas, a fine uh, that we impose on the uh, brother, the, the surviving brother, that he got into what was really a suffolk Isser Ashes Ach. He uh, had intimacy with his sister-in-law while she was pregnant. Now, if that child t- turned out to be a living child, then this action on his part of intimacy uh, with a sister-in-law, Shaloi B'moka Mitzvah, in a non-Mitzvah context, is a serious, Koreis-worthy, Koreis-guilty type Avera. He shouldn't have done it in the first place. Hence, Rabbi Lezer says they must split up <coughs> and he will do that by giving her a get. So that you see that, according to Rabbi Lezer, in principle, uh, the marriage was a good marriage. The, the child didn't live, so that the deceased brother didn't leave any children. So Yibam was in order. However, he did the Yibam with a woman that was pregnant, and it could have turned out to be, as we explained a moment before, a totally different story. So he can't continue living with her, and he gives her a divorce document. You notice uh, diamonds that appear in the Gemara. On the side, under our Nosei, Mivne heading, we will see Machlokas Rav Abaye Imshitas Rebelozer Hanal, is the opinion of Rebbe Lezer that we just featured, it's similar to Rebbe Meir's din. Rebbe Meir says, Lo yisa meinekes chavero, and muberes, lo yisa muberes umeinekes chavero, a person should not marry uh, a pregnant woman uh, who, you know, say woman uh, became an almona, she became a widow while she was pregnant, or she became a widow while she was uh, nursing a child. The Imnosa, Rabbi Meir says, Yoitzi velo Lomis. Rabbi Meir says, if he violated th- that halacha, he shall dismiss her and not, never take her back. Now, the, we just, uh, to, just to add a little reason, a person, should, a person should not marry a woman who is either pregnant or nursing because if, if uh, she becomes pregnant uh, and, and bears a child, the original child, in the case of a nursing woman, if while she's nursing she becomes pregnant, the child she's nursing will lose its milk supply. She stops lactating and that can be life-threatening to the uh, child that she was nursing. The Gemara. Omar Rava. Notice that this is a long point. Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Liazer, Omru Dover Echad. They both say the same thing. Rebbe Liazer, We saw Rebbe Liazer already, where uh, Yavam did Yibum uh, when he, uh, with, with the Yavama while she was pregnant. Rabbi Lezer says he got, he has to divorce her with a get. Reb, what now? What does Rabbi Meir say? Rabbi Meir Desanya lo yisa adam uberes chavero menekes chavero. A person should not marry a woman who was imp- who was pregnant with a with an uh, impregnated by a 
another man who now died or possibly divorced her nor with a woman who was nursing uh, nursing a child that she had with another man the, uh, technically we should just add that if a person uh, wants to marry such a woman he has to wait 24 months he has to wait 24 months from the time that the child is born till the end of the nursing period two years of nursing and if he violated and married her he must divorce her and never take her back the Chomim disagree with Rabbi Meir and say that <coughs> it's true he must separate from her but when the 24 months lapses uh, he can take her back. Omar Le Abaye Abaye addresses Rava and he rejects Rava's observation and this is a long rejection you can see we used a Dichia marking indicating the length of this Mimai. He says, how can you parallel these? Dilma, Lohi, maybe, they're not parallel shitas. And the double underline highlights the difference from both angles. Adkan lo koma Rabbi Eliezer, hocha. Here, Rabbi Eliezer says, Yoytzi beget, elo mishum dekopoga ba'isur eishis ach de'oraisa. It's because the surviving brother is getting involved with a possible Torah-level violation. Rashi, a few lines down from here, says, He was so lax and light in his treatment of halacha that he didn't bother him to enter a doubt, a problem of possible Eishazach, brother's wife that leaves children to Dilma Havi Vlachel Kayoma she was pregnant uh, the child might turn out to be a, a living child therefore we refine him we restrict him, we impose this this uh, severity uh, this harsh ruling upon him, namely Yotzi Beget so that's as far as Rebbe Lezer would go there. Aval, the Gemara continues, Aval Hosam, the case of Meinekes Havero, the Rabbonon, the whole prohibition there is Rabbinic. Kerabonon, Svirelei. Rebbe Eliezer might hold like the Rabbonon in that case. They separate, but after 24 months he can take her back. Inami, Adkan lo koma Rabbi Meir hasam could be that Rabbi Meir said his stringency there in the case of Menekes Chavero elamishum derabonan by virtue of that very point that it is rabbinic v'chachomim asu chizuk lidivrem yoiser Michel Torah we find that the rabbonan impose at times strictness severity more than the Torah laws itself so that people shouldn't come and uh, others shouldn't come along and do the same thing so we want to impose a very harsh ruling 
that is, they, he divorces her and never take her back. But here, with the case of someone who married the pregnant Yavama, we, we see that you're getting involved with a problem that has uh, very uh, severe ramifications, Torah level ramifications of prohibition. Mafrish Parshimino, people on their own will stay away, and therefore we don't have to impose any restriction <coughs> based on the fear that others might do thusly. Omar Rava, Uludivre Chachomim, Rava adds that regarding the opinion of the Chachomim, Yotzi'a Beget, when they say uh, one who marries a pregnant woman or a a nursing woman, that he is Yotzi, he means to say, with a divorce document. Uh, we take a look at Rashi. Rashi, the, toward the end of the narrow lines, the Amri, until the time lapses, Yotzi beget. It's not sufficient for them simply to separate. Now, we go back to the Gemara. Omar Marzutra, Daika Nami, by careful reading of the original source, you can see Rava's point. It said, Yotzi, Velokotoni Yafrish. The term that was chosen by the source was Yotzi, as opposed to Yafrish. Yafrish would mean the couple separates. So since that term wasn't used, but rather Yotzi, that indicates something more final or stronger, we'll say. And that is, again, I don't want to say final because he is able to take her back later on, of course, if he's not a Kohen. But in the meantime, the separation is not just a mere physical separation, but it must be with a get as well. Before continuing in the Gemara, we glance to the side. We have a, no say, a topic heading. Yevomo Shiniskacha Vashuk. Asmach Vlad Shishubaila. Umesa Vlad Bisarchlashimyo. We're we're gonna talk about a a woman, a Yavoma, a uh, widow that married out. She married someone else on the basis that her husband had left a child, however, the child died within thirty days. It didn't make it till 30 days of life. Lefi Ravina Mishmeda Rava, according to Ravina, Asu Takona Lekehanim. Im Ho'echod Minashuk Ho'yokein, if the man she married out, based on this child, uh, happened to be a Kayin, Shalot Srikho Chalitza Mehayavam, she will not be expected to go through Chalitza with the Yavam. She can still, she can remain with her husband who is a Koyen. Now, bear in mind that if Chalitza was done, so she would be called a Chalutza. And uh, Koyen is not allowed to marry a Chalutza. There will be a question raised on Daflamet Zayin Amen Aleph. Koyen she'ovar v'nosa meinekes chaveroi. A koyen who violated the law and married a woman nursing uh, someone else's child. Hayim 
Ovud Rabbonon Takono Lekehanim Velo Matzrichi Get Vetiski Beprisha Dialmo Ad Chof Dalid Chodesh Oiloi We mentioned before that according to the Chachomim someone who married Meinekes Chavero so Rava had said that a get is necessary. Now if the Kayin is the one that married the nursing woman and he would give her a get, he wouldn't be able to take her back because a Kayin cannot marry a divorced woman even if it's his own wife that he had divorced. So do the Chachomim make a Takona here just like we saw a Takona was made regarding the Yevoma that married Lashuk uh, on, the, on the basis of a child that unfortunately well, the, the child died within 30 days. Now, we turn to the Gemara. Omar Lei Rav Ashi Ravina note that uh, Omar Lei Rav Ashi Rav Oshaya Braid Rav Edi this is a question that lasts it's a long question and it takes us down the first five lines of Lamed Zion Omar Aleph. <coughs> So Ravashi asks Rav Oshaya, Hosam Tanan, Rav Shimon Megamil Oimer, Kol Sheshav Adam Shloishim Yoim Eino Nefel, a a newborn, a child that lives thirty days, he's not considered a miscarriage, and that is a that would be a, a case of a person who the father, I should say, the father. The, the man who fathered that child is considered a person that had children. And in the case of Yibum, his brother would not have to do chalitza. So a child that, that lives for 30 days is not considered a nathal. So that if we, uh, if we have the case, let's, let's be a little more accurate, a little more specific. A man died leaving a a pregnant woman or a, a, an infant that continued living for 30 days. So the, the father that died beforehand is a man that is said to have left children in the world. Therefore his widow is exempt from Chalitza. Halo Shaha, let's say the man that died had left a child that didn't make it till day 30. Sveka Havi. There is an element of doubt. Now, what we didn't explain before, but we should explain it now, uh, by looking at Rashi. Let's look at Rashi together. Under the Gemara text, about five lines under the Gemara text, Sveikahu v'choyletzes v'lomis yabemis. Man died, leaving surviving brother, but also leaving a child that didn't make it to day 30. What does the widow do? She does chalitza, but not yibum. This is only if we have a doubt whether the child born experienced a full-term pregnancy. If we know for sure that the child born was the result of a full-term pregnancy, a child that is one day old, but we know that he is born as a result of a full-term pregnancy. Why the child died? That's another issue, but it's, it's not the result of a, of a partial pregnancy that 
we would term the child who dies a nafel. Not so if you knew for sure that the child was a uh, product of a full-term pregnancy. In such a case, the father dies and the, leaves a child one day old, and you know that the child was the product of a full-term pregnancy, the mother, who's a widow, does not have to do yibum. But in our Gomorrah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a doubt. So if the child did not make it to day 30, there is a, that is called a suffix. The itmar, the child of the Yavoma dies within 30 days. The omda viniskatsha. And she uh, goes and marries on the marries out on the basis that she's exempt because of that child. She, in her mind, is imagining that the uh, that the child was a real, was was a full term pregnancy. Now we mentioned before that in the case of a suffix, chalitza ought to be the chalitza and not yibum. Just to uh, repeat, that if on the, on the tzad, on the side that the child was not a full-term pregnancy, so then she would be a full-fledged yavama, and certainly chalitza would be necessary. But we don't know. So, as a result of that, we say, she does chalitza, but not yibo. Ravino mishmei dorova omar. Im eishas Yisrael he if the uh, man that she married, Minashuk, was a non-Koyen, was Israel, so we say to her, Choyletzes, she should receive, she should participate in Chalitza with the surviving brother to cover, to cover all, all, all doubts. Ma- namely, because of the doubt, maybe the child really was uh, was a nafel, and as such, she should have married the surviving brother. In the meantime, she married an outsider. So we say that the surviving brother should make sure that the that there's a, a, a full fledged release of the woman to marry someone else, and they do chalitza. And with that, she continues living with her husband that she married Minashuk. Vimeshis kayin he. If the man Minashuk that she married was a kayin, beinochoy letzes. She's not going to go ahead and do chalitza now, because if she does, she'll be a suffix chalitza, and a chalitza is also to the kahuna. So, in such a case, we're, we're lenient, and we'll make the assumption that really the child was a full-term pregnancy. True, it's a matter of doubt, but we'll, we'll, we will rely on that, that it was a full-term pregnancy, and she was allowed to marry Lashuk anyway. You notice that we have a bracketed section, and on the side uh, there's a starred note which reads The Gemara's question that appears on Lamed Zion Omid Aleph will be focused on Ravina's uh, quote of Rava. 
uh, within the brackets, you see there's another version of Rava, and that's what the crown shape highlights. Under the Mivneh heading, you can see on, in the uh, margin, we've written Shnei Deos B'divrei Rava Im Osu Takona L'Kain. There are two Deos on this matter. Do we make provisions, uh, uh, leniency, for the benefit of the Kain that's the husband, Minashuk, that she married? So, with that having been said, let's go through the Gemara. Let's continue in the bracketed section. Though this is really to be de-emphasized by way of the superstructure. Rav Mesharshia Mishmei, the Rav Omar, Achazu, the Achazu Choyletzis. The Kohen also, uh, in that case where the outsider was a Kohen, she must do Chalitza. Omar lay, and of course, uh, according to Rav Mesharshia, the, um, the Kohen is going to lose out. He won't be able to continue with, the, with his wife. Omar lay Ravina, Rav Misharshia. Ravina, who was lenient, he says to Rav Misharshia, we continue at the top of Lamed Zayman Aleph, Be'urta Omar Ravahachi. In the previous evening, Rava said, like you said, the stringency, insisting on Chalitza. But the next morning, Hodarbe, uh, Rava retracted, and I heard that, uh, he's saying that she doesn't need Chalitza if the husband she married in Ashuk was a Kayin. Well, Rav Mashashi reacts to that. Rav Mashashi was, was, was uh, strict. He says, Omalei, Rav Mashashi says, Ravina, Sharisu, you're allowing her to remain with the Kayin. Yehei Rava, that's Yehei Ratzon, it should be the will. Shedetishtru Aftarba. He said very cynically or sarcastically, he said, he said, it should be the will that you should matir even tarba. Tarba is forbidden fats. It's chalif, a very severe part of animals that one is not allowed to eat, carrying with it a kores penalty. So he said sarcastically, that, well, if, that's the, if that's the case, then you should matir, should be matir tarba as well. Now, we're going to focus once again not on Ravi, Rav, Rav Misharshia's version, but rather on Ravina's version of Rava, that when it came to a Kayin that she married, Bashuk, we are Mekil, and don't insist on her doing Chalitza with the uh, first husband's surviving brother. And as we said, on the basis of the Vlad uh, making the assumption that the Vlad was a the child was a uh, full-term pregnancy. And now the the question. Hocha, Gabi muberes chaveru menekes chaveru A woman who violated the uh, rules of halacha and, uh, and 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 married a man that was a kayin. And we saw Rava. It's interesting to note that we're focusing on on Shitas Rava. These Rabbanon are quoting Rava. So Rava had said that in the case of Muberes Chavero, Menes Chavero, Yotzi beget. That Yotzi, he has to separate from her through a get. What's the, and then he can take her back eventually. Let's say that the man that married the Muberes Chavero, Menes Chavero, was a Kayhain. And if he uh, does the get thing, if he separates, if he removes her with a get, he won't be able to take her back. My, what is the din? Mi ovud rabbonon takanta la kayen oilai. 
So this is Rav, Rav Ashi's question to Rav Hoshaya Breda Rav Edi. Do they make an allowance over here that they can that the Kayin will merely separate, physically separate from her without the get? Omar Lay, Rav Hoshaya says back, Hachi Hashta, how can you think to compare these cases? And he answers, it's a long answer. Bishlamah Hasam, in the case of the Kayin that married the Avama on the basis of the child, that uh, that uh, even though it died within 30 days, but maybe it was a full-term pregnancy, and that is enough to exempt her and uh, and be allowed to marry the Kayin. Kefon Ika Rabbonan de Pligi Since you have a major Tanaic authority, namely the Sheet of the Rabbonan, that argue with Rav Shimon Megamliel, the Amri, Afalgav de Lo Shaha, Vlad. Even if the child didn't live 30 days, it's considered a full-fledged uh, child. Um, we quoted on Omid Aleph the more stringent opinion, that of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, and we were focusing on his Shita at that point. But there is another Shita, that of Rabbi Shimon Liel, that says even if the child doesn't live, uh, it's considered a full-fledged child. Uh, and it's from the context of the Gemara, we're saying full-fledged child, um, not, not not based on the that maybe it was kolulo chadasha, but simply it's a full-fledged child. So therefore, in that case, we can be mekil. Gabi eishes kliyin kevan delo efsher. In the case of that. Yavoma who relied on the child in order to marry out. Uh, if she married a Kayin, uh, there's no other way to deal with the situation. In other words, we can't. The Chalitza is not an option. So Avdina and So we follow the Rabbonin and say the Vlad that died before 30 days was a full-fledged Vlad. Avol Hocha. But in the case of Meinekes Chaveroi, or Muberes Chaveroi, Keman Navid, based on whom would we uh, attempt to be lenient and, and uh, say that, uh, that they can separate without a get? And that mere separation would be enough. Based on whom would that be? Ikarebi Meir, if you're trying to base yourself on Rabbi Meir, he says they must separate and never come back again. The and if you were going to base yourself on the rabbonon, beget. But we pointed out that the language of yotzi means a get. So there's no there's no room for being makil to be lenient even further than that, and. A get, of course, will render her unfit to uh, remain with the Kayin husband. We continue in the Gemara. Gitmar Kitsha Besoich Shloisha Uborach. This is a general issue. A uh, woman who is widowed or divorced. She's expected, in general, she's expected to wait three months 
before marrying a second husband because of the uh, need to verify whether she's pregnant or not. Pregnancy can be established uh, at the uh, end of three months, but she didn't wait the three months. So a man was Makadish. He, he uh, gave money to the first stage of marriage within three months, Uborach, and he ran away. One says that he deserves to be uh, put into excommunication. Uh, he violated the halacha of marrying within three months. So we put him into shamta, excommunication. His Running away is enough. We take a look at Rashi, Iruke Vistaye, Loboy Lemichbe Get. We don't have to force him to give a divorce document. The Goli Daite the Loboy Lichnois Ad Zmano. It's clear by his actions that he has no intention of taking her back until the right time, until let us say until the three months lapses. The Gemara continues. Maisa like this happened, and Raphram acted on it and said, It is enough that he ran away, and we don't have to impose any further sanctions against him. His showing us through his running away that you cannot uh, um, consummate the marriage before determining whether she is. In fact, pregnant from the first husband. Before we conclude, let us remind you that if you wish to be in touch with us in order to access marked Gemaras, we can be reached at gmarkings at gmail.com. With that, we conclude our Shiur for today.